G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our review and rank podcast series for Eurovision 2022. And today we are talking about a returnee to the contest, Michael. Great to see them back. It's Armenia. Yes, very good to see them back after their little year off last year. And what... What have they been like in Eurovision over the last few years? Because it's been a bit up and down at times, hasn't it? It certainly has, because they did have last year off, and we also had the cancelled contest in 2020. We haven't seen them on stage since 2019. Now, they've generally been pretty consistent before that. Having said that, though, we are coming off two non-qualifiers. Mm. 2018, Savak, 15th in a tough, tough semi-final yeah. number one. And then, of course, Sudbuk coming 16th in her semi-final number two. Now, look, they'll be looking to get back into the grand final after five years because it would have been unthinkable for them to have this amount of absence back in the 2010s because mm. they were killing it. Um, but one thing to mention, though, they are coming off a win in the Junior Eurovision contest in December. So something to work on and a good sign for them. Yes, and who we got representing them to try and get them back into the grand final? Well, this year it will be Rosalyn with Snap. So I'm snapping one, two, where are you? Rosalyn, a.k.a. Rosa Kostandian, is a 21-year-old singer-songwriter and producer from Varadzor in Armenia. Mm. She says she's from a small town. I looked it up. It was 2 million people, so <laughs> I don't think it's that small town, but maybe not very well known. It's no Yerevan mm. of Armenia. So she's actually um, part of a US-based record label uh, that's actually more about a collective of artists and bringing them all together. And she characterized her music as being very kind of 80s and 90s alternative indie pop. Not sure we're seeing that here, but really interesting sound on that. Um, she's She basically said she manifested making Eurovision. You know, she's a, a girl from a small town and she, she made it happen with hard work and, and to get there. And look, I love that attitude and it's really sweet and really quite endearing, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, she's certainly manifested it because she's there. She's there. <laughs> Let's have a talk about how the song made it. Now, Snap is an internal selection from the Armenian broadcaster AMPTV. Now, Rosa revealed the song was actually submitted to represent the country back in 2019. So the song's been around for a few years. Now, uh, Rosa is credited as one of the co-writers of the song, along with the former Armenian Eurovision alum, Tamara Kaprilian, mm. who was a member of the 2015 band Genealogy, who did quite well and made the grand final. Yes, and they had an Australian in that. Yes, they did. Um, so the song, been hanging around for a few years. Good of her to hold on to it and not commercially release it or anything like that. Very smart. Okay, well, the song's been around for a few years here, but they've got it for the contest. What are some of the pros that we see from this? Um, for me, there's a really catchy simplicity to this song, and I think it really sticks with you. Even the first time I heard it, I was I could basically tap along and sing it, and I do find myself singing it all the time. Yeah, I think there's a familiarity, is the word I hate saying the most, but it is the accurate word um, that I think people will, uh, it'll resonate with people. We know this sound, we hear this before, it's a very 
familiar sound, kind of quite radio friendly enough. Um, and totally agree with you. It's got stickability. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say simplicity can work at Eurovision. Not everything has to be completely over the top. Think of Denmark 2019, for example. Very simple song. Got through to the grand final. I'm also going to say with that radio friendly, juries have been rewarding radio friendly songs. And this, I could think, would suit radio play pretty much all over Europe. So I could see some jury score for this one. Yeah. And there's also, even though it's quite like simple um, woman sings with kind of guitar, that little driving kind of clap drum thing, that just keeps it going along. It feels like it's got this kind of pace to it that, you know, maybe if you don't have that going on, it, it works quite well. And there, that is that kind of little stickiness. It also has um, a lot of using the backing vocals that you can do for that secondary part it almost sounds like a, a choir kind of singing along to her at times and i think that's going to work really well for this song because she needs not the backing of her own voice but just for, to give the song a bit more um what's the word i'm looking for to make it more full more volume and yes. make it more depth yes exactly yeah, i get where you're coming from now i will say with the vocal on this one it shouldn't really be a problem She's not very extended in the uh, studio version of this. So so with the right kind of staging and something that really suits the song, they've kind of avoided a lot of banana skins that could possibly pop up, you know, on the night. So, yeah, I could see this being performed quite competently. And I think she's got the right semi here because semi-final one is a bit of the oddball semi. There's some really interesting but weird kind of stuff in there going on. Uh, she closes the show, which is really interesting, but I think she's got some jury appeal where there's a lot of songs in that that are playing more to the tally vote, where mm. I think if she was in semi two, there are better jury songs and she might have struggled a lot more. So she's definitely drawn well there. Now, it's funny you should mention the running order because she is coming last. Now, under pros, I've put the running order, she's coming last. And under cons, I've put the running order, she's coming last. Oh, well, should we go to cons then? <laughs> let's go to cons. So let's put that straight in there. She is running last. Now, that can be viewed as great. She's the last thing viewers see. It'll stick with them. There's also the potential, oh, my God, I've seen the one I like. I'm going to vote for it. Meh, I'm not even going to bother watching this one. So it could be a kind of double-edged sword there for her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, closers do have a better record than openers overall. But, hey, look at Denmark last year. Fun, great song. Close, didn't get through. So it's no certain thing. And it's a bit of a weird year that the way they're doing it. So I'm not sure it's a great thing necessarily. Um, the other thing with this is we've heard it all before. There's nothing new. It is potentially a little dull because of that. And and even going into the last place, that's not going to really help, I don't think, as well. Will juries punish that? Because it is a bit maybe three or four years ago. It doesn't surprise me from 2019. And will televoters go, mm, yawn, next? I think you're being very kind with the three or four years ago. I mean, a lot of comparisons to the Lumineers being thrown around with this, particularly with the sound. Now, you know what? That's eight to ten years ago. It is, isn't it? So, I mean, Eurovision's always a little bit behind, but this is pretty much way, way behind. Uh, and you're right. I can't see jury members really clamouring to give this top, top points. Might scrape some towards the end, uh, towards the bottom range, but certainly not, uh, not going for the big points here, I don't think. Yeah, I, and I talk about this thing where, you know, not always everyone agrees with me, but I do think for the casual viewer, when they tune on to Saturday night, they have an idea in their head about what a country should come out with. Um, because it's there's been decades of it or a few years of it. When it's that region, and particularly Armenia, and maybe they're not so friendly neighbours, they've got powerful big songs. Armenia 
especially. I mean, think about who they've had over the years. You've had the Not Alone from what's his face was R M M P three or whatever <laughs> it was. Artsvig, Athena, Iveta. Um, uh, these are big, powerful women with big, powerful songs. And I think from that region, that's what people think. And then she comes up with clappy Danish kind of reject sounding song. I just feel like you come back for the first time in a few years and that's what you're going to deliver. I, I think that's not a great thing. Okay. Fair enough. That's uh, your opinion. <laughs> um, I have to say, I think, in this semi-final, there are a couple of very heavily guitar-based songs by other females. I'm thinking Croatia and, to a certain extent, Iceland. Is there going to be enough points to go around for all of these? I think she's competing more head-to-head with Croatia. So that, yeah, so that last spot probably is a little bit better for her. Iceland's got a bit of a different feel. But ultimately, is there enough points for these guitar-heavy kind of ballads in this semi-final? And I think not only has maybe that genre of music gone, but also like this sounds like it could be and a Scandinavian national final and come second and third. That sound, that way of approaching Eurovision has, we've moved on. The competition has moved on and juries aren't rewarding that stuff as much as they used to as well. Again, I think she's lucky with a semifinal, so it could still stand out enough. But yeah, I think it's got weaknesses there. Well, Dale, I'm interested to hear what the team think of Armenia's entries this year. Yes, well, the contributors have voted for the 39 songs and they have ranked this in 21st. Okay, that's pretty high. I think that's quite high. Mm, That's pretty good. Yeah, so interesting uh, range was 11th to 35th. So no one in the top 10, Mm. a little bit telling. Um, 13 uh, were in the teens and the 20s. So the majority were in that kind of range. So no one very low. Uh, but no one particularly high at the same time. Yeah, fair enough. It probably suits this kind of song, doesn't it? It does. All right. Who are we listening to from the team talking about this one? So for some of our higher rankers, we are hearing from Laura and Teddy. Step was not quite what I was initially expecting from Armenia upon their return to the contest after taking a one-year break, but I still enjoy their entry. It has a sing-along quality and an air of familiarity to it, plus a catchy chorus with great lyricism. I like the song's simple nature and don't think adding thousands of bells and whistles will help it. It will tie up semi-final one in a nice little bow, but will it get overshadowed by Norway before it? My one concern is there's a lack of something extra, which means it's not in my top 10 this year, but just outside it at the moment. I hope the staging helps it to succeed and gives it that little extra something that can push it over the line into Rin. There's a lot of melancholy gals with guitars at Eurovision this year, but for my money, I think Rosalind is one of the better ones. I really like the theme here of moving on with your life. It's there in the lyrics with the snapping one, two, three, four motif, but also in the music. If you think about that constant percussive drum beat, it's a bit like putting one foot in front of another and just moving on with your life. Lyrically, this is cleverer than you might expect. I really like how weirdly specific she is in places. There's one bit where she makes a reference to the 22nd of June, which I assume must have some personal significance, because otherwise it's very quirky. At the end of the day, though, I just can't resist a bit of a sad yeehaw number, and so I find this very likable, and I hope that everyone's going to agree with me. 
Well, some words we've already thrown up there, familiarity coming in there uh, from Laura, but also a pleasantness and something she enjoys. And Teddy is getting the quirkiness in the lyrics, which I didn't really pick up on too much, but also that just that driving beat that sort of keeps it going and keeps it moving forward. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. Um, I was just probably trying to say, <laughs> he said it much better than me, about that movement and that the fact that it just keeps it going, that little drum, that clap, the drum, the clap. And also, I think they both made a good point about the staging potential. If you can get that movement, if you can make it intimate, I think that'll really work for it as well. So I will give the pros there that I didn't say earlier on. Mm, all right, <laughs> let's get into our rap and ranks on this one, Dale. Uh, for me, this is an enjoyable, easy-to-listen-to kind of song that's got a really nice vibe. I love the catchiness to it and its comforting familiarity. That sort of cancels out the uh, lack of originality for me, which I do see is there. I'm not sure this is going to stand out amongst a lot of the other songs in Turin, so as a competition entry, I do have some concerns. But on a personal level, I really enjoy the studio version and the song really, really does stick with me. In my personal rankings, I have ranked this one in 11th. What? <laughs> Just outside the top 10, 11th. 11th yeah it's a good song sorry the cat was just in the way then and i even just i was like did i mishear that no 11th place 11th you've place. got this 11th yeah it's a good song i really really quite like oh it oh my god okay <laughs> well all right um so when this first came out i was probably a little bit harsh on it at first i wasn't overly excited about what they produced but you know what on the first few listens it is actually really um lovely it's pleasant it is catchy it gets in your head i have woken up many mornings singing this <laughs> after it came out and i think that's a really good sign of a competition song um it's all very nice it's all very inoffensive <laughs> and that's really my some of my most disliked <laughs> songs when it comes to Eurovision um, look I don't mind it and I was obviously in a very good mood the day I ranked this because I put it in 32nd place oh wow that's really low it was you being in a good mood it was oh wow it's not it's just not for me it's not it's I enjoy it. It's there. I would never seek it out, but I don't mind it, and yeah. that's that's fine. Pleasantness normally sickens me, but on this occasion, I don't know why. But I think it's just that whole catchiness that just it just sticks with me. I I, I forget everything else because I'm too busy counting along and clapping along. Well, fair enough. It's obviously got a lot more there than I'm saying, and that's what the beauty of Eurovision is about. It's we're not going to all agree. We have different tastes, and this is not for me, but I can see people liking this. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So we'll see how it goes in the competition, because I think it might get quite a varied reaction from a lot of different people. Yeah, God, 11th place. Oof. Yeah. All right, well, look, there we go. That's our episode on Armenia. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. As always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.